You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome back to the Oz Network. As we're continuing our coverage on the hottest show on network television that's not airing on network television, we're talking about Star Trek Discovery, a show that uh, I guess got good viewers last week for the one episode that aired on TV and generated a lot of talk. Um, throughout the week which we'll cover some of that uh but we're here to talk about episode three titled context is for kings uh my name is colin and i'm joined as always by jamie (laughs) jamie how are you doing (laughs) going through puberty again i think yeah um um i don't know how to feel it was kind of we went through it last week i mean I, i wasn't quite sure what i was watching last week with the first two parters for discovery and I'm still not entirely sure how I even feel about this one. I'll give you the first crack at it. Uh, what did you think about episode three of Star Trek Discovery? I actually thought that um, I actually thought that the other two episodes were more interesting, to be honest. Like I know that they're really intense right away, like we like we saw, but I didn't find like I actually cared too much about if I missed this week, it wouldn't have made that big of a deal. I know that they revealed some things you didn't know about what was going on with the ship, but it really wasn't that exciting. It felt kind of boring. What do you that's, think? No, that's the best way to describe it. This was a boring episode, and it's sad because I'm not going to say this is really episode three. For the most part, it is episode two, because that first you know, two was a very clear two-part, or even one episode, one large episode, that they just split so that they could have this weird way of launching the show. Um, This is kind of, I guess, also in a way the first episode, because as we alluded to last week, that two-parter was intended to be a prologue that really was just introducing the Burnham character and the Saru character, and that everything else was going to be introduced later on, which is why we don't even see the Discovery in the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Here, we finally get what we were saying we were missing last week. We get introduced to the ship, the Discovery. We get introduced to the captain. Lorca is his name, I think. Jason Isaacs. We love Jason Isaacs, right? I don't know who he is. Jason Isaacs, the guy who plays the captain on this? You don't know Jason Isaacs. Are you Are you killing time? You don't... <laughs> I know who Jason Isaacs is. He was the villain of the Patriot. He was in uh, uh, Peter Pan. He's... Uh, I really like the Patriot. And in the Harry Potter movies. Um... Yeah, like Jason... Was he Voldemort? No, I'll show you a picture. It was... Why do I have to show you a picture? We finished this episode literally five minutes ago. The captain, Jason Isaacs. Oh, I thought that that was the other guy from Arrested Development. What guy from Arrested Development? (laughs) The main character. You thought that was Jason Bateman playing Captain Lorca on Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. So last week when I talked about Jason Isaacs over and over and over, Jason Isaacs is, where's Jason Isaacs? When are we going to see Jason Isaacs? Aren't we excited for Jason Isaacs? And you're just like, yeah, it'll be great. Were you thinking, oh, can't wait to see the guy from Arrested Development? Or are you just like, you know, bluffing? Well, I, I, if you ask me just straight out the name Jason Bateman, I wouldn't know who that is either. I, if I saw a picture... <laughs> Then, like, I would know a little bit more. Well, clearly, Wait, I clearly showed not you a be- picture. <laughs> clearly not because okay. I don't know who this dude is. Yeah, but, y- y- but hey, you got to give me credit. They're both named Jason. Yeah, okay, but that's part of the problem. I say Jason Isaacs, and you're thinking it's Jason Bateman. I show you a picture of Jason Isaacs. You're like, hey, it's Jason Bateman. <laughs> you know they're different people. I do. Okay, this is sad. I, um, figured, I figured that out. You did now. Um, <laughs> that I clued you in on it. Um, 
he's, I guess, kind of the closest thing to a big star we have on the show now that Michelle Yeoh is clearly out of the show, wasn't on this week. Um, we're introduced to a few of the new characters. It's so hard to tell who's supposed to be a main character on the show at this point because we're three episodes in and I feel like we've only barely been introduced to certain people. And the ones we've been introduced to is just sort of like, hey, here they are. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I think the show is not saying well. A lot of critics out there are trying to explain this away and say the reason the show isn't resonating with fans is because they're so tied to Star Trek that they're not going to accept something that's different and really has nothing to do with that there's nothing about this show that says Star Trek if it wasn't for like the insignia of like the Starfleet logo that they wear on their communicator badges and the shape of the ship even, well even the shape of the ship I mean you could explain it as anything else I found this week especially more than anything felt like the Stargate show, Stargate Universe. And I'm not a huge Stargate fan. I watched like, you know, a few episodes of the original and maybe one or two of Atlantis. Never I tried seen getting into Universe. Star Trek Stargate Universe was a very different show, kind of like this. And it didn't last long and I kind of feel this is where this is going. But all which, is Which is sad. It is. I mean, but it's still early and because Oh, this is, it's part of the frustration that we're three episodes into a 15-episode season. So do the math on that. I mean, we're 20% of the way through the season already, and we still haven't even necessarily been introduced to the main characters of the show. We've barely been introduced to the captain or his ship. Um, but it leaves me with some hope that when we really do get into it, this could get interesting. Did they need these first three episodes to set it up? I don't think so. But I agree with you, though. Like, when I watch this, and I... As I told you, I mean, I have a memory like Dory. So yeah. anybody who's listening, okay, don't don't always uh, quote me or take my word 100% for anything that I think that I remember. Because as Colin could tell you, with being married to me for five years next month, five years, honey, I sometimes fill in the blanks. Yeah, and just to prove but, that, but with who, being, who are you looking at right now? Okay, it's Jason Isaacs. I see the name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but with being married to you, you have, you have helped me to learn to not fill in the blanks. But no, um, uh, you know, from watching Star Trek uh, growing up with it and things like that, you know, I thought it was always a very good show, very interesting, loved to watch it. And all the, I liked all these episodes. I, you probably know how the right way to phrase this. I like the episodes where they're about one thing and then they move yeah. on. Yeah, and this is not that. This is, we're going to follow up on some things from last week. We're going to introduce a few new plot lines. We're going to introduce some weapon. Um, and we're basically going to go nowhere. But but I miss I miss the days though where honestly like how we do it with Netflix because they're they're all on there right. Yeah. Like you'll say Jamie pick a number and then you'll between yeah. blah 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 and then an episode blah 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 and like sometimes they're two parter sure but most time it's like we can watch that episode and still really enjoy it. Yeah, and we don't have to watch from the beginning. Yeah, and I mean serialized shows that is more modern obviously. Um, Deep Space Nine <laughs> for Deep, modern Deep Space Nine did it to a certain degree years ago like we're talking 20 years ago um, but it still maintained like you had the ability where you didn't have to watch the whole thing this is like taken to a new level as far as being serialized where they're really only introducing one or two new things each week and it almost feels like this is one story 
that they're chopping up into more parts than it really needs to be chopped up yeah. into. It's, it's like the Harry Potter movies and, yeah, or the exactly. Lord of the Rings. Let's stretch them out way more than they should be. Or Avatar, right? There's just a lot of things about the episode that don't work. Um, we'll kind of go through the story here, whether it's because a few things I, I was optimistic about in this one. Uh, it, it sort of starts out, you know, we, we get the flashback of everything that happened and now it's very clear that that first two-parter really isn't connected to the rest of the show because they say this is like six months later. So we're now well into this Klingon war that just started, which we only saw the conflict of in the first two episodes. Um, And Burnham is a prisoner on a transport ship, and everybody kind of knows about her. Like, she has this reputation. That's one thing I liked in this episode, that this reputation has followed her, where some people are fearful of her. Other people, it's like, you know, I can't believe what you did. We're even prisoners. This is almost like, you know, throwing... If you were to try to throw... Um, the the Unabomber in with general population in a prison. You know, you're going to have murderers and rapists that are like, I can't believe how sick this bomber is. You know, let's shank him now. <laughs> and that's kind of a lot of what we get in this episode with, with like Burnham's reputation because of the mutiny and because of how many people died on the Szechuan, um, <laughs> her ship. Mm. Uh, this has sort of followed her around. Uh, I did find they did a good job with Burnham's character this week, but this entire episode is nothing but Burnham, and it was the same thing. In the first two, we got a little bit of some other characters, but it's still, it's all her story, and again, that's not Star Trek. But, it, but it's just so much person. stuff that's boring, like even in, later in the episode when she's trying to get to the section to be nosy, to, to find out what's yeah. going on, and she... she gets the girl saliva or whatever oh yeah it's it's like it was such a long story like the the whole explanation with her you know walking in with her roommate and then you know after finally talking about oh oh you're michael a whole bunch of useless filler and then she's like i'm allergic to this 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 it's like you guys took way too long to actually get to the point i mean we'll get to the characters and some of my issues with the characters they've introduced i I was optimistic And, and, and did you think when that lady later in the episode the red head with the curly hair as soon as i saw her later in the episode with her hair down she looked like the little girl from brave no but i see it now that you mention it <laughs> it's, it's, what is what it I, uh um what's the character's name oh gosh i don't know um, it's, it's some type of irish name merida yeah yeah, yeah. this merida from brave <laughs> cadet merida that's what she's gonna be named through the rest of this where's the boner oh, yeah. is she allergic to that too <laughs> yeah i mean oh we'll, we'll get to that scene but i know what you're talking about there's certain scenes in this where it's like I can't believe like you want to do 15 episodes and you're struggling to fill episode three and there's so much that you haven't done yet. Like let's get to the point already. Like give us something exciting. This was just an episode of nothing. Um, I guess after you know, we were introduced with the character, there's this cosmic storm or something like that. It was a really funny moment. I don't think it was played as comically <laughs> as it should have been. You know what I'm talking about, right? And the guy was blown out the window, and he's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, well, well, it's it's basically the ship is stalled, and the pilot of this you know prisoner transport shuttle is like, "Oh, I got to go check something out." And then they're basically saying, "Like, you know, what's going on here? Like, are we in trouble?" And then it's like, "Don't worry, the pilot has control of it." And you see the pilot's dead body floating by the window. Like, if but this it was were, the way that it was like spinning. Yeah, if this were like Futurama or The Simpsons, like that would have been like brilliant comic timing. But they didn't play it that way, and I kind of wish that it would have been played more comically because this episode was also missing a lot of fun. The first two parts weren't fun. We kind of covered that. This really wasn't fun. Like, there was no no fun to be had by anybody here. No. Um, But after this, you know, 
they're kind of stranded now. Their pilot's slowly floating off into space, which again looks hilarious. And a big ship appears in the sky, and it's the Discovery. It's taken us three episodes to get introduced to. Can you imagine if Star Trek The Next Generation did not introduce the Enterprise until episode three and did not introduce Captain Picard until episode three? That would be a crying shame. That man is too hot. He should yeah, be on well, every episode. We're not even talking about Next Generation, and here Jamie goes off on Patrick Stewart again. But You just said Picard. Patrick Stewart plays Jean-Luc Picard. I know. That's why I said he should. Are you confused again? No, that's why I said he should be on every episode. Are you under the impression that Jason Bateman played William Riker in Star Trek The Next Generation? No. You do think he played Wesley Crusher, though, don't you? I'm still actually uh, laughing about another part that happened later on, but maybe I'll wait till you get to that. We'll wait until we get to that, and if I miss it, just bring it up. Um, So the Discovery appears. I will say it's a cool-looking ship. Did you like the look of the Discovery ship? I thought it was okay. I thought when they were going into the ship at first, it was pretty cheesy graphics. But I like the cheesy graphics because I complained in the first episode like there's some graphics that look incredible and some that look, you know, really video game-ish. They wanted this to look like the classic ship and that the effects you get in the original series where it looks maybe too polished and all that. Um, I actually really like the fact that it looks like something that came out of 1966 or 1967. But it did look cool. Um, When they get on board, it just becomes... Roll call, here's the cast members that you weren't introduced to in the first two episodes. Well, what was the point of them mentioning, have you ever seen them with a black badge? And then yeah, they, they, they never go back to that. It's like, well, why well, would you sh- even mention Maybe these things will come... And- well, they might later, but then it, it's like, why wouldn't you just explain in the same episode? People are going to forget. Yeah, like, as we're getting toured through the ship here, as Burnham's getting toured through the ship... You know, there are these things like, they have black badges. What is that? What's with the silver uniforms? And I guess the idea that we are alluded to later on, especially when Lorca's character is introduced, the captain, by the way, played by Jason Isaacs, not Bateman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Orca Whale. Orca Whale, okay. Uh, But he, they, they sort of allude to him almost being like a man of war. Like, this is a wartime captain, but this is a science vessel. But because we're in the middle of this war, you're going to take even a science vessel, and now it is a warship. And there's sort of this conflict on board of, are we soldiers or are we you know, scientists? Um, that's where I think they were going with it, but it just didn't play well. Because as you said, it's just sort of like, look at that black badge. And the audience is like, okay, what color is it supposed to be? Because if this were taking place during the timeline of Star Trek The Next Generation, we would notice something different about their costume. If this were taking place during the time period of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, anything, we've seen those before. You change that costume, we notice. Here we are in a show that we're not familiar with, with costumes we're not familiar with, where it's even in a separate timeline. Nothing on this are we familiar with, so why is the audience supposed to notice these differences? It was just awkward the way it was played. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, uh, and... When uh, the, I guess the other character that's introduced here, I'm going to have trouble remembering the name because it's such a pointless character. Oh, um, the I guess she says she's the head of security in this episode. Uh, uh-huh. Commander Landry. Head of security, Commander Landry. Wow, why did we need to be introduced to this character when she does nothing? I think she has two appearances in this episode, but yet they're clearly introducing. Is Here's she, one of our she, main she, characters. Is she the one that dies later? I don't think she died. If she did, I really wasn't paying attention to this oh, episode. I can't remember. Shows, no. shows you how much I like She him. was the head of security. That, the snotty head of security. There's two very snotty characters in here. She was the snotty head of security that was, you know, first showing them around and took them to the captain. 
Okay, that's dead silence means Jamie's dory brain is kicking no, in. No, I, re- I remember. Okay, I just, well, you just to... don't have anything to add to the conversation. This is a podcast. Did that lady have anything to add to the show? Fair enough. Okay, um, Captain Orca, as you call him, Captain yeah. Lorca. Orca. Well. Uh, what was his full name? Well, let's, well, let's let's get an opinion here. We, I finally found something that we're gonna do on the end. We're gonna come up with our best captain. We, we want to do these polls every week, at least among us, like of the five existing Star Trek shows, six if we're going to include this. You know, what is the best? We're going to come up with on the end, what is the best captain's name? Um, and allow yourself the opportunity to consider Captain Gabriel Lorca. Uh, forget about the name for now, but another thing that just didn't make sense is this weird thing with his eyes. They have like these little speckles in his eyes when he's introduced and he's sitting in a dark room and he kind of mentioned something about him not adjusting to light anymore and you, you're kind of led to believe that maybe he suffers from some condition or you know he got you know, injured at some point and he's sensitive to light but the, again they go nowhere with it after introducing it did you well, even pick up on that yeah oh yeah yeah i i noticed but that's that's just another thing where they may introduce it later in the show but it's like by then you might actually forget because the, the problem is the thing is, is with serialized shows you have to pay close attention because it's a continuation of a story yeah and the thing is is if it was just you know what what do you call it? shows that aren't like that what's the name um like episodic yeah when you have episodic shows you can do things like that and you're not having to pay as much attention if yeah. that makes sense you know to the whole show and yeah. that's why i like those shows too because i don't feel the overwhelming need that i have to see every single episode yeah and I'm, i don't want to dump on oh it's serialized that's what's not working because deep space nine did it and did it well i like cereal yeah i like cereal though <laughs> yeah that's completely off topic but i knew you'd bring it back to food and shirtless men um two things we can count on from you and other things which i can't mention because children may be listening to this yeah i don't are any children watching star trek discovery at this point like have they lost every young viewer that thinks star trek is fun you know they captured a lot of those through Does, i read doesn't, a lot of, doesn't every little child want to grow up to be you know like a trained vulcan to go and fight klingons and kill them <laughs> is that what vulcans are known for being trained hand-to-hand combat killing machine so vulcans are essentially liam neeson in the star trek universe they just train killers that go off and kill vulcans yeah i don't know you know i i i would use that mind meld power for other things like you know making you go buy me pizza pops and make them for me or something um i don't think that's how mind melds work it's not mind control it's a rabbit hole but honestly don't buy pizza pops guys they're not as good as they were like 10 15 years ago they're crap yeah, well, we just lost Pizza Pops as a sponsor. Thank you, Jamie. Um, we They're have great. Sp- we have no sponsor. No, there we go. We got just got uh, Frosted Flakes. Uh, <laughs> They're great. Um, no, thanks. but but honestly, Hot Pockets were way better. I know, like, it would kill you now if you ate those, but they were way better. You know, the viewers are probably sitting there going like, oh, that's so funny. I'm literally scratching my head right now. Like, what is she on when we record these episodes? But on on Star Trek shows, can you order anything to eat? Like, if I want, if I was on a ship and I said, yeah. I want a Hot Pocket, I can yeah. get a Hot Pocket? Yeah. Well, at least in Next Generation. I don't remember if it was like that in the original. Oh. I don't They kind of mentioned something like that in this episode. But again, it goes by so quickly, don't notice. What if I want, like, borscht? <sighs> then that's your issue i <laughs> you want to describe people what it is who don't know oh everybody knows what borscht is it's, i doubt anybody knows it's a it's a soup made of 
Well, everybody can make borscht differently, but I like to make it with uh, beets and... Yeah, that's the gross part. And beef, and then uh, you have lots of dill in there too, and sour cream. It's amazing. Mmm, sounds disgusting. Well, you uh, hate beets. I but hate... anyways, back on topic. Yeah, oh, which topic? <laughs> uh, not about food. Let's get back to the show. I'm probably making people hungry. No, so uh, honestly, like, they showed the thing with his eyes, and I was like, again, it's just like one other thing where it's like, why? And then it, it, the thing that I'm having an issue with this show is it's all these little things that they keep mentioning, and it's like, well, how how many things are you supposed to follow? Like, even this whole thing with, in the episode, it's like, I don't think I'm here by accident. And she says it multiple times or whatever. This is mm. when she's meeting him, and then she's meeting him later. And then, and then he admits like that he, he actually uh, somehow didn't because want to waste her talent. Such a great officer. We needed to bring somebody who is the equivalent of the he, Unabomber. He, he right killed now. that pilot. He made him fly into nowhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe he did. That, that, kid, that, that guy probably has kids at home and a family that are starving. Yeah, now. exactly. There's no hot pockets for the pilot's kid. I mean, those kids are starving now. That poor pilot's family. Oh. So sad. Um, and what happened to like the, that that Asian and the other guy and stuff like that that were on the prisoner ship? Like they spent a the couple of minutes. They're on the ship too. At some point, maybe they'll pop up again. Who knows? Like they just said, "Well, let's welcome all prisoners here." I, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff with this. Um, the other characters were introduced to. Saru is back. Your favorite from episode one, probably I, my favorite. Too. I really like him, but like I said, I have an issue with the costume though, where I feel like he can't actually move his mouth properly to talk. And I, I mentioned to you, I kind of like that because it gives him a unique look. You know, his mouth is a movie. The interesting thing is, Doug Jones is known for playing these characters under heavy makeup or sometimes, you know, as uh, motion capture. And he's found a way with a face, because I, I will go even farther in episode one and two. I thought he doesn't have the ability to emote because his face doesn't move, period. But there's this weird way that he can emote just with his eyes. Uh, that, I mean, I give him full props because he doesn't have the ability to move his face. And it kind of makes it look more interesting to me. Didn't he say something like his people were harvested and like... Like I don't remember. Like, I checked like out of put, this show in, very early put on. Put into spam in a can or something. What? I don't know. They're spam in a can. What <laughs> is the race of Saru? I mean, do we know who is he? You're supposed to respond. This is a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen him before. This. Just this so series. you know, shrugging the shoulders does not translate <laughs> through audio. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll find I, out. Somehow. I think I saw Whimsian up there. Whimsian? Yeah. What does that mean? He's whims whimsical. <laughs> he's a whimsical. He's a Kelpian, is what oh, it says. It says something. He 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 has to walk on his balls. Is <laughs> how that says. He has to oh. walk on the balls of his feet so that he oh. can. Yeah. But it sounds so much funnier to say he has okay. to walk on his but balls. But let's be honest here. We we don't get a lot of him in this episode, which is a bit of a disappointment because I feel like that should have been the focus of this episode. You know. Does he blame her? And he's almost too forgiving of the fact. It's like, you know, you kind of killed everybody. Um, and you caused this mutiny and you probably started a war. Uh, but hey, yeah, I guess you were a good officer. So, you know, let bygones be bygones. Uh, but what I do like is the way his character, the dynamic is even still. As I mentioned in the first one where he's providing this different point of view. He really is Spock or Data for the show. I mean, every Star Trek show has to have that one non-human character that's kind of like the the 
opposite in a ways of whoever the captain is, you know, the Spock, the Data, the Odo, and uh, the T'Pol. And here it's Saru, and I feel like he's totally filling the, the uh, role that he's meant for. And probably the only thing about this show at this point that really truly feels like Star Trek is that he has that distinctive Data, Spock, T'Pol, Odo role. Yeah. Well, and what are they going to do with, like, how you said, you know, they normally have, like, a trio of characters that are all kind of together. Yeah. Who, who's that going to be? Hmm. I mean, is it going to be Orca Lorca um, and Saru? But these characters don't even meet in this episode. It's all, This entire episode, if it feels like all we're doing, and I'm sure people have watched it if they're listening, but if it feels like all we're doing is saying, oh, and then we're introduced to this character, and then we're introduced to this character. That is the majority of the episode. Because what do we get next? We get the roommate. Here, the Wesley Crusher of Star Trek Discovery, the character nobody wanted, um, that you know we're going to be begging for them to write out very quickly. Merida, Merida yeah. From Otherwise Brave. known as Tilly, I think. She's Cadet Tilly. N- n- nice for ripping off Disney's design there, Star Trek. Yeah. But, oh, within minutes, this is the most annoying character in the show. But, but we're skipping past that. She, she. You want to skip past Merida? Well, honestly, people are going to be listening to this, and they're going to be listening to this for almost as long as they watch the show. Yeah, that's. And we're going to be providing more entertainment. Get back on the hot pockets. Come on. Come on. Come on. No. Okay. So skipping past all the stuff where they actually do put her to a position and try to use her, and then she gets you know very nosy and breaks into the place to figure out okay what are they doing with all these spores and stuff like that and then they have to go on this mission because there's another ship that completely all the people got eradicated is that the right word yeah yeah well mutated i mean who knows what it was some weird experiment and so something happened and um and then so they go on the ship with her with michael and there's this uh this like thing that looks like it's from resident evil that's mm-hmm. that's chasing the creep, yeah the, cre- the creeper creeper no i was trying to say Cre- creature and i had water in my mouth still <laughs> is, is it a creature yeah it's a creature let's call it a creature let's <laughs> okay. call it that okay it's a freaking creature yeah um and so she is doing this really honorable thing and distracting the creature and running away from all the other people so they can can get away and then all of a sudden she starts quoting alice in wonderland (laughs) like why and and i understand that she read it when she was a little girl she she reiterates that later in the episode but honestly it's like i've read books multiple times and again guys i know i have a horrible memory but honestly you know what if something's chasing me like that and i'm about to die I'm not even going to be able to quote my Bible. <laughs> like, like, I'm not going to quote, a, you know, five pages from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it it, it makes no sense. Why? I, I mean, they bring it up later on. It's just this episode's full of all these weird things that maybe they'll come up later in the series. But did we need an entire episode of just these pointless buildups that won't pay off for six weeks? And that whole Alice in Wonderland quote, it just, it makes no sense in context because it kills the tension of the scene. You have oh, yeah. it's not scary this really scary creature chasing her and she's showing no fear and you know my complaints i had on alien covenant when we complained about the female lead in that having absolutely no fear and it actually killing the audience's fear we get the same thing here she's just sort of like i got this guys runs off let's it chase her and you know she's quoting alice in wonderland like it was just awful i want to go back to merida for a second um this is Why? like i'm gonna say wesley crusher had a better introduction than merida here has because we're introduced, she's just a cadet. She talks too much. 
She's they're trying really hard to make her quirky and funny, but this is the flattest comedy ever. Like she is clearly supposed to be the comic relief of the show. Not a single one of her funny lines works. No. It is all so flat. No. And so terrible. They do these things like, oh, that was supposed to be my bed. And then she goes on this elaborate rant. It's supposed to be my bed because I have this weird allergy. And when I'm introduced to this type of fabric and this type of thing, it makes me snore really loud. And it's going on and on. And you're just like, all right, shut up. The audience is legitimately like, shut up already. I don't care. And then you mentioned the weird thing. This episode in the show, they just do weird things. Like, you know, what is Burnham going to do when she's, I guess, has this new position? Who even knows what, what it is with the other characters, her, her experiments, where she sneaks in there and... In this form of Star Trek, what is their security protocol? Breathalyzers. Why do we have breathalyzers on a ship? Like, a retina scan is fine. I honestly believe legitimately the only reason there would be breathalyzer security systems here is because they figured out there's no way we're going to get our eyeball. What could we do? Uh, Spit or breath? Why don't we do both? We'll let her drool on her pillow. Burnham will wipe it up on a napkin. And then she'll take air pressure and blast the spit in there. Magical breath. What is this? Attention, Tilly. You are currently under the influence. You are not allowed in this enclosed space. Yeah, exactly. Access denied. It's so bad. Oh, this is just... It's funny because we're sitting here laughing at it now, and this is kind of like what it is. Usually people are listening to like me and Ben talk about something we saw, and we're like, wow, you know, this movie was awful. What is wrong with dirty dancing? What is wrong with women in general that they like dirty dancing? And we're kind of laughing at all these stupid things in the, in the movie. Here, Jamie and I just finished this episode five minutes before we hit record on here. It li- literally finished airing, and we hit record. And during this episode, there was no point where we were sitting there going, what is going on here? We were just watching it, like, dead silence. And then it ends, and it's sort of like, we start this episode. What was that? That was weird. What did we just watch? Yeah, I don't know. If if, if I had to rate this episode on, like... Well, we'll get to the rating. Let's hold off oh, on okay. that. Um, okay, so... <sighs> don't buy it. Don't watch it. You rent it, then? No. Okay, just, never mind. Just, we'll, just throw it well, out yeah, the window. Yeah, okay, let's move on. Uh, we should start doing a count on this episode. Rent, How many times Jamie speaks, and I'm like, okay, 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 rent, shut up. Rent Brave. Yeah, watch, Rent Brave watch is a brave. brave. Merida was way better in that one. Um, I want to see a, I want to see a starship come get Merida. Yeah, that, that would yeah, that would be much more entertaining than this. Um, so the other character we're introduced to here, probably the only new character I liked in the episode, uh, and these characters are introduced so poorly that you don't know any of their names uh, i'm looking it up right now and apparently his name is lieutenant stamets uh even hearing that, that name now guy? with yeah with landry i'm like oh i think i remember the name landry with tilly i'm like i remember the name tilly i certainly remember cadet lieutenant stamets i do not recall this name at all and yet i this was the only character i liked in the episode yeah and he's fun because he's another snotty character, but he's playing it with a bit of a sense of humor while not being too over the top. Um, he, he's just, he's got attitude about everything. He's, he's basically the don't take my, the don't take my stapler. I'm not saying he's the guy from Office Space, but he's that guy in your office. It's like, this is mine. Don't touch it. That's, all, that's my pen. Leave it alone. You know, such a great character. And not the type of character you expect in Star Trek. In some ways, I could see that audiences would be upset with this character, that we have a character that their only character trait is that they're a negative person. 
you know, how are we ever supposed to like this character? In a way, I agree with that as well, because I feel like as much as I like the Stamets character, um, this entire show is being set up so that you have to cheer for Burnham just by default because everybody else is an idiot. And this is my complaint. Lurker, lurker, lurker. What just happened? What was that? (laughs) I don't know. I I just thought it was... It was really funny when he he's like lurker. Oh, the lurker. Okay, so I had no idea lurker. what you were saying there. Yeah, when he's like, I don't like lurkers. Like the way he said it was great. Um, so a few good moments in this episode: a dead pilot randomly floating by <sighs> a window, and I don't like lurkers. Stop lurking. Um, but no, it, it is weird that I, I complain about this in our Titanic recap that I hate when uh, a filmmaker or you know a TV writer, or, you know showrunner or whatever is so uncreative that the only way they can make you cheer for the hero is by making every other character unlikable. And they even do that by the end of this episode with the captain, with Lorca, that you're supposed to think he's really shady. There's something not right there. The only character we're supposed to root for is Burnham. That's what this show is telling us. Everybody else is stupid. Everybody else is terrible. Everybody else is a jerk. Everybody else is an idiot. It's frustrating storytelling. Yeah. Let us make up our minds for the character, and if the Burnham character is strong enough, we will cheer for Burnham. And it just feels like it drags. Oh, everything in this episode drags. Even the action sequences drag. You mentioned like the, the chase with the Alice in Wonderland. It quotes. drags worse than RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rossi. Uh, he's not listening to this. Um, he probably is, let's be honest. But uh, the other half of this episode, other than introducing characters, was just people exploring this weird ship and we find out that there's you know some type of experiment that's causing people to look distorted on there everybody looks weird you can't even really describe it it's not mutilated it's not uh you know beaten up or anything it's just like their faces are completely out of alignment like it's it looks like you're playing you know uh weren't that that's how people's faces looked in the ring it's literally like kind of like that yeah that's yeah. a good way of explaining it yeah um but i don't know even that stuff didn't work it, it, it just but it was supposed to be scary but it was just like why and that's the other thing is it why is the third episode or first proper episode of star trek discovery supposed to be a horror story which is basically what this is it didn't feel like it had anything science fiction in it it didn't have anything uh star trek related it wasn't even like a war story like the klingons are barely mentioned in this episode and this entire series is supposed to be about this klingon war this was just a ship, and they're exploring, and they're introducing themselves all to Burnham. It's just oh, it's a total waste of time. Star Trek Discovery, get your act together and decide what you want to be. Yeah, we're telling them to get your act together, but we're going to continue to watch it as bad as it gets because it'll probably make it more fun. Um, and I don't, I'm, I, I want. Wonder if they'll have pizza pockets on the next. Maybe, maybe Jamie. That's what we can hope for. Uh, you are very fixated on food, though. When Burnham sat down the, for the first time. And uh, she put her tray of food down. You're like, why does her cup have nothing in it? Like, it bothered you that her cup was empty already. Well, and then then she's fighting with this dude and she throws her food away. I'm like, seriously, like, I would have eaten that. Yeah. I can't have any carbs. Of course I want pizza. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't have pizza there, though. Um, I know. She had, like, carrots and something else. Baby carrots. I mean, she's Vulcan. She's not eating earth food. That's disgusting. We found out that from T'Pol, mostly. And that humans have a smell and an odor these are the type of things i want to see on star trek that would make it more interesting. but is that something though that 
when you're Vulcan, you get that, or when you're human, even if you've been raised human, you'll still be the same. Yeah, you know, we get a little bit more in this episode about her being raised Vulcan, uh, but to me, it still feels unnecessary. It, it honestly just feels like we have to have a way to tie this to the original show. Let's find a way we could get Sarek in there. Let's find a way we could get Spock. They mentioned Amanda, which is Spock's Earth mother, you know, because he's half human. Even she's mentioned this episode. I'm sure they're going to find a way, you know, to, uh, to you know, bring even Spock back by the time the se- season's over. But it just feels tacked on still. I, I don't, I, in some ways, I felt like it worked in the first two episodes. Here, I don't feel like I even care anymore. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Because you are more in the know about Star Trek things than me. Okay, so Spock's dad is with a human girl. Yeah. Does he still wait like every nine years or whatever to bang her? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they've ever addressed that. Because honestly, like even for like a normal healthy couple, it could take like a couple months. So it's if it's like one go, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're like 105. Let's try again. <laughs> you know, like. Well, hey, let's also be honest. Vulcans, they, they live very long. I mean, Spock himself lived to over 200. Leonard Nimoy in the most recent movie was in his don't. 200s. Humans don't. I know humans don't. Yeah. But, you know, maybe even though he's Vulcan or whatever, if they wanted to have a baby and stuff like that with a human and needed to do it more than every nine years, but he couldn't really, like, get a rise, he could See, just, like, take something for it, like Viagra. Is it is it crazy that this episode is so boring that we are speculating on our own fan fiction about how Spock's parents get it on? <laughs> get it on, get it on. Um... Let's get back to this episode here if there's anything left to say. This episode sort of climaxes please, please no, please with... No. It climaxes with, you know, we have the thing of them exploring the ship. And then it sort of ends with this meeting with Lorca and Burnham. Where he kind of explains these whole spores. And it's this weird technology about being able to travel instantly anywhere in the galaxy. It's, it's almost like, you know, some type of teleporter transportation. I mean... It doesn't make sense. It's a the fact that it's like fairy dust. every, you know, two or three seconds, you can be as far away as you want. And you're in a completely different world. And somehow this is going to help them win the war. They introduce this idea. This is what you do in the first 10 minutes of an episode. This is what you do in the opening sequence. And then you go somewhere with this. And this is the end of the episode, and it goes nowhere. Right. Again, it's something that they mention, and that's all they, they do, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to get about another 10 episodes of them just mentioning stuff before we get a decent two-part finale out of this. Oh, jeez. Uh, so at this point, we've been introduced to a few crew members. I doubt this is all. I, I don't know all the names of the actors and all that, but I count more names in the opening credits than we've been introduced to because what we have right now is basically Burnham, uh, Saru, Lorca, Landry, a uh, guy that I can't remember the name of that I actually liked, and Merida. We have six characters, and I'm pretty sure there was at least one or two extra names in there. But you know, who knows? There's going to be more introduced uh, throughout it. Uh, was there? You said there was something. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about in this episode? What did we miss? Hopefully, nothing. Yeah, you're done. You're like this. I'm done with this whole show. Rossi, you're up. You're taking this now. I'll watch the show. Uh, in a way, I'm more interested to watch this show now that I know that it's bad. Um, that's, that's It probably sounds really weird, but we can get some entertainment out of mocking this every week. And if we just sort of had an average Star Trek show, I don't know how interesting it would have been. Um, but it, it's pretty clear where we're going with the ratings on this one. Uh, buy it, rent it, bin it. Bin it. This is 
as much of a Bennett as you can ever get for Star Trek. If I were to take every episode of every Star Trek show ever, that means all of Voyager's episodes are included in this. This is still the worst Star Trek episode I think I have ever seen. And, and there have been bad the episodes. Theme, the theme is still just as bad. And the theme song is not improved. They have not changed the theme song since last week, uh, for anybody that was wondering. Uh, but this was just, ugh. And I'm not even dumping on the show. I'm not saying, I don't want to be one of these people that's like, well, it's cool to bash Star Trek Discovery, you know, which everybody's doing right now. Um, and of course, the uh, abbreviation. Don't you want to be like the cool kids? The abbreviation has been brought up over the last week, and I like that this has actually become a news story that the show is being jokingly abbreviated as STD for Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> um, so, so, sounds about right. Yeah, I'm not knocking the show. I still have promise. I still think this promise. Next Generation took it till its fifth episode to produce anything decent. And then even then, there was maybe one or two other good episodes the entire first season. The second season, you had, you know, maybe a good third of the episodes were decent. It wasn't until season three and season four where Next Generation really took off. Um, and that's kind of the same with all Star Trek shows. Uh, it, it may, with the exception of maybe the original series, which only had three seasons. So I know that this will get interesting, but for this episode, and I didn't, I binned the first part of the premiere I rented the second part. I didn't hate either of them. I hated this episode. It was so pointless. It. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we know where we're going with this. Okay. So what do we want to do for rankings this week? Do we want to rank the names of the captains since you clearly have no other ideas of what you want to do? Or do we want to rank the captains themselves? I thought we were going to come up with like a really cool captain name. Were we? Yeah. When did that happen? I don't know. Captain Sufi Flatuler. Sufi Flatuler? Yes. You're, you made that up, but you got to come up with something at the top of your Listen head. to The Brink, uh, Ben Waterworth's fourth most famous podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but listen to that if I know what Sufi Flatuler is. Uh, I, I can't come up with a captain's name. Uh, um, can you come up with one? Uh, Captain Jason Bateman. Uh... Augustus Jockstraps. Augustus Captain Augustus Jockstraps. Okay, yeah, that's way better than what we had here. Um, Mickey Shawshank. Okay, uh, let's let's if, go if, through. If there is a Mickey Shawshank out there, I want to meet them. Yeah. Um, sometimes I don't even know how to respond to in these episodes. Uh, let's go through the captains here. Let's rank the captains this week. And we're not including Discovery because we've only just been introduced to them. So we'll do two, we'll do two things, though. We'll rank the captains and we'll rank what, who has the coolest captain name. Uh, that'll just be like a vote. So your captains are original series captain James T. Kirk, next generation captain Jean-Luc Picard, Deep Space Nine commander slash captain Benjamin Sisko, uh, Voyager captain Catherine Janeway, Enterprise captain Jonathan Archer, and we'll throw in there for the namesake uh, Gabriel Lorca. Uh, rank your captains. Jean- who's who's your who's your? You were just giving away who your number one is. We knew where you're going. John Luke Picard. Okay. And then uh, James T. Kirk. Uh huh. That's the obvious choices. Jonathan Archer. Yeah, that's a good one. Catherine Janeway. What is wrong with you? That Cisco is Sisko. last. And then Mr. Orca Whale. 
Okay, this there's a weird thing. You're the second person I've talked to in the last two days who's not high on Cisco, and I'm like, I love Cisco. Cisco's great. I wouldn't rank him, you know, that high. I'd probably agree with, you know, maybe you know, just there, at least swapping a, him with Janeway. There is a musician that's actually called Cisco. He sings like that. Thong, I know who Cisco that, is. That thong song. The yeah. thong song. Can you I love that you had it? to tell me. You know, there's a musician named Cisco. Did you know the thong song? I'm familiar with the thong song. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, did you also do, know do you, there's do another... Like, do you like the thong song? Uh, not really. Um, I just wanted to know, did you know that there's another singer out there named Britney Spears? I know that. Are you familiar with Bruce Springsteen? I know the name, but not really. Have you heard of the Beatles? Yeah. They're a hot new group that's sweeping the airwaves. No, uh, I've, I've heard of them. Uh, okay, there's something wrong with you that you would put Cisco below Janeway. What, what is it about Cisco you don't like? It's it's just the name sounds cooler. Catherine no, we're not. Janeway. Okay, no, no, hold on. Were you ra- legitimately ranking the names? That was just sort of a throwaway. Who has the coolest name? Yeah, rank the, name. the captains. No, oh. rank the captains. Pro- probably Jean Luc Picard. Uh huh. Um, Jonathan Archer. Over Kirk. Yeah. Uh, and then. If I spat in your face, would anybody in the episode notice? <laughs> You're stuck with me now. Uh, and then Kirk, and then Janeway, and then, and then Cisco? Cisco, and then. Lorca or whatever. Lorca's not included in this. Oh, so wrong. Do you, do you want to take the last five years of our marriage? Because you asked me to come up with something that we could rate that was, you know, five. So you want to rate every year which one was the best years? I know which one's the worst. I'm living in it right now. <laughs> um, no, there's something wrong with you. I mean, Picard is number one for me. That's what I grew up with. I know the, the debate is always, is it Kirk or Picard? It would be close between them, but it has to be Picard. Kirk has to be number two. Uh, I wouldn't put Archer that high, and I love Archer. I would probably put Archer number three, just because how much I love Scott Bakula. But also, he was a fun captain. And I want to see what what do what do these captains but, what do these captains eat? I want to see what they eat. They all eat different things. In fact, in Enterprise, you saw Archer eat. That was his thing. His thing was that him and to Paul and Tucker, you know, the, his command crew ate dinner at his table every night, the captain's table. You saw that all the time. Yeah. We'll watch Enterprise tonight. We'll find an eating episode of Enterprise. I know just the one. I like to watch people eat. What are they eating? Yeah. I need to know. Even at work, uh, when I'm working through the day, I ask people, what are you making for supper? I'm no, so what weird. you do is when you see they have food, you say, can I smell it? No joke. She asks to smell people's food all the time. I only do that when I'm on a diet. And what she does is she legitimately gets her nose, her snout right up in it. <laughs> No, not that close. That's disgusting. Yeah. No, nobody wants my... What's disgusting is everybody just heard that I have a cold and I just have mucus in my nose still. Yeah, you're grossy. Disease. Um, Talk about STD. Anyways. What is the... Having the sniffles is an STD? Uh, Where do you have sex with people that you catch that? I don't know. Um, th- that's how the Septians do it. Uh, <laughs> Saru. With those big old nostrils of his. Anyways, back to what I was saying. I love Archer. I would put Archer probably third. Uh, but it would be very close with Cisco for me. Janeway is the clear last there. I mean, Janeway's just not cool. Come on. She's good. I like What's her. What's cool about Janeway? I don't know. Her name is really cool. What, Catherine Janeway? Yeah. Over Benjamin Cisco. Yeah. Thong song, Cisco. Yeah. Uh, we're, uh, Cisco's the most complex of all those captains. That's why I think I would give Archer just because he's Scott Bakula and because he's fun. But Cisco's the most complex character. Sorry. Chicks before dicks. Okay. 
Um, you know that other saying, bros before hoes? Yeah, we're familiar with it. Uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here. This episode was barely worth the 48 minutes we talked about it. Um, and I'm sorry for all my unnecessary filler. Yeah. At least it's more entertaining than the unnecessary filler that's in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, so we're binning this. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about episode four. Are you, there's no preview for it, at least that I've seen. Are you slightly excited about where the show's going to go? We know that there's a Klingon war. We know that there's this weird weapon that doesn't really make sense and that we don't really care about. Uh, we know that their badges are different. What other things are we excited to see in episode four? I want to see them fly like Peter Pan. I just want to see... Well, Jason Isaacs played Captain Hook in Peter Pan 2003. Great movie, by the way. Uh, I just want to see some decent characters. Like, introduce some new ones. Give them screen time. Don't make every episode burn them. We complained about this last week. I, I, I don't even mind her. I think she's she's a decent character. I thought her performance this week was way better than the first two. Um, in fact, she was really impressive this week. But I don't want one character every single week. It's just I, I, I want... Even if it's not the same character, or, or even if it's not like every character gets their you know moment in the sun, at least make it like the original series where you get variety of McCoy or Spock in there. In fact, just bring McCoy and Spock back on this show. Young versions of McCoy and Spock, that's what this show needs. Yeah, that's what... You know, we'll have to see what happens with uh, this and where they go from there. I got a frog you in my burping? Throat. What are you doing? <laughs> hey! <laughs> Jamie needs a breathalyzer is what she needs. Can you edit that out? No. No. Why can you edit your own stuff and not mine? Because when my stuff is on there, it's coughing and sneezing. And when you're on there, you're burping and burps are funny. But, like, I want people to like me and not think I'm a disgusting beast. Okay, well, I mean, you married me. You can't be that classy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just wrap this up. Where are you going with this? I, I'm just going, I'm saying, going to have to see what what happens. I know I said that the last time, but I'm still hopeful. They haven't made my hope die yet. All right. Um, until next time, I am Paul, and this is Jamie, and continue watching STD. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.